This episode is brought to you by Daniela Falecki's Teacher Wellbeing Cards. These 52 cards give you simple daily reminders to help better support your well-being. You can use them in staff meetings to build positive conversations or have them in your desk as little pieces of advice to help you get through the day. Find these cards and Daniela's other resources at teacher-wellbeing.com.au. This is the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast, a weekly show to help you prioritize your health, happiness and well-being so that you can thrive in the classroom and in life. I'm your host, Ellen Ronalds Keane. Enjoy the podcast. everyone and welcome back to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. In today's episode, I am excited to announce that we have a repeat guest. But uh, before I get to that, I want to share the review of the week. So this one comes from Becky Rose and about the podcast, she said, just what our profession needs, useful, poignant advice on thriving personally and professionally as a teacher. So thank you so much for that review on Apple Podcasts, Becky. And uh, if any of you would like to leave a review, it really does help the podcast get found by more people. And, you know, together that spreads the message of healthy, happy, well teachers even further. So I'd love it if you could leave a review and you can do that on whatever pod uh, catcher you regularly listen to the show on and it'll be very much appreciated. And speaking of supporting the show, just a reminder about Patreon. So every little bit helps keep the podcast on the air and arriving in your podcatchers regularly because podcasts are free to listen to, but they're not free to make. So I do really appreciate the couple of patrons that I have. And if that's something that's been on your to-do list for a while, um, I highly recommend you head over to www.patreon.com forward slash self-care for teachers to help keep this podcast coming to your airwaves regularly. And my final little update before we get to the interview is that if you happen to be in Toowoomba, Queensland, then you will be interested to know about the mini retreat that uh, a colleague and I are hosting on Saturday, October the 20th. So I'm collaborating with Miranda from Kickstart Martial Arts and Yoga, and we will be hosting a beautiful half-day retreat of yoga, personal development, stress reduction, and self-care that's specifically for teachers. Uh, And spots are limited because of the space uh, and the style of uh, retreat that we're going to be running. So if you're interested, go to selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash retreat and you can sign up and get your ticket there. And if you're not into Woomba but you are interested in future retreats, it's something that I really want to look at doing more of in the future. So um, there's an expression of interest form at the bottom of that webpage and you can pop your details in there and find out about any future retreats. And of course, if there's enough interest on a particular location, then I'm happy to uh, travel to put that on. So again, that's at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash retreat. All right, so let's talk about today's guest. Teachers across Australia have labeled Daniela the keep it real teacher because she's passionate, energetic, funny, and most importantly, realistic. As a teacher for more than 20 years, she knows all too well the stress, frustrations, and struggles that teachers face. And through her own stories and learnings, 
Daniela shares with teachers evidence-based and really practical strategies for, you know, both you and your students. And she runs numerous courses and workshops, including online programs for teachers that embed coaching psychology and positive psychology and regularly does professional developments in schools as well. So if that sounds familiar, it might be because Daniela has been on the show before, which was back in season three of episode two. And she's also one of my wonderful sponsors for the podcast. It also might be because you might have met her in person at a PD event event or a workshop in your school. And in today's episode, Daniela is back sharing how teachers are faring at the coalface because she's been traveling around Australia talking to you all. We also talk about some really valuable advice about time management and Daniela explains some really important questions that you need to be asking yourself. And of course, she has some great resources too. So I hope that you enjoy this episode with our return guest, Daniela Filecki from teacher-wellbeing.com.au. Hi, Daniela. How are you going? Hello, Ellen. Good to talk to you again. Good to talk to you. It's been a while since we had you on the podcast. Thank you for coming back. Pleasure. You're actually the first repeat guest, which is very exciting. Oh, lucky. Yes. And last time we spoke uh, in the last interview, you shared your story and we talked about the importance of tiny daily habits and, you know, mindfulness and gratitude. So if people haven't listened to that yet, then they should go and check out episode two of season three, because that was that episode to hear those tips and hear about your journey from teacher to coach and running PDs and workshops for schools. And I know you've been very busy running lately, lots and lots of workshops all over Australia. So I'd love to hear how teachers are faring out there in, you know, the coalface. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I'm from Sydney myself, but so I do a lot of workshops in New South Wales, but, um, when I'm traveling around to Queensland, Adelaide, Melbourne and all the other um, states, I, I do a lot of work in Queensland as well, the stories are really the same. And I suppose the big thing that I hear from teachers, I mean, I know myself from uh, my experience, I'm sure you do too, Ellen, and it's time. Um, you know, time, we just don't have time for the admin, we don't have time for all the tasks, yeah. we don't have time for um, the things that we want to be doing, which is, you know, forming those positive relationships with students, totally. we don't have time to plan the lessons and research the, the the awesome and amazing resources that exist out there because teachers are, feel, feel that they're tied down with all the admin. So that's probably one of the biggest things. The next one is um, teachers are also obviously as a result of that, teachers are feeling really overwhelmed by all the work that they've got to do. Um, and a lot of that actually, teachers feel that all these things are imposed upon them, that they feel that there's no control over what they have to do or, or, uh, or can do. And their sense um, of autonomy. Absolutely. And so sometimes I'll speak to, you know, a whole, um, whole staff groups and I'll talk about time and we talk about prioritizing. And sometimes people get really cranky and they say, everything's a priority, everything. And hmm. I say, really? Everything really? And they say, yes, yes, it is. And I say, okay, maybe, maybe it is. Um, cause it, obviously, you know, in schools, there are so many different roles and everything may seem like it's a priority, but I really encourage people just to question for a moment what actually is most important. It's not about priority, but perhaps what's most important to them, what's yes. most important to, to the young people, and what's most important in terms of contributing to um, effective learning and, more importantly, I think, positive relationships. Because at the end of the day, 
Um, no student walks out of school in year 12 and says, oh, that was an awesome worksheet, miss. Thanks very much. Um, they actually remember the human factor. They remember the fact that you were kind, you were organised, you were funny, you cared, you were passionate. They're, they're the things that um, make a big difference. Oh, it's so true. But as you say, it, it can feel like there's so many other factors. Totally you know, buffeting us and then the, the overwhelm sets in. Mm. And, and then if teachers do actually take some time out for themselves and, and when I say time out, that might just mean, you know, a cup of tea on the balcony yeah. at home, you know, then they feel this immense guilt of, well, I should be doing work, I should be, should be, should be. Totally. And, you know, that we, you know, the problem with using should is we say it often enough and we end up shooting all over ourselves as well. So <laughs> it's more an option, it's more a case of asking ourselves, um, well, what could we be doing right now for ourselves? Because one of my favourite mantras that I, that I quote often in workshops is you can't pour from an empty cup. Right. And as educators, we just want to give and give and give. And that's what makes our, that's what we love about our job. But then we also need to receive because nothing happens one way. Everything happens in a, in a you know, a dichotomy. And, and receiving is a big part of that. In fact, um, may I share a quick story with you, Ellen? Yeah, please do. And because the guilt is such a big one, that's one that yeah. I time too but yes go for it so um one of the activities that i uh, i was just doing this one yesterday actually uh, it's an activity i run in my three-hour twilight sessions that we have here in new south wales and um it's a strengths activity so we have um using the character strengths from um, positive psychology the 24 character strengths and we have people in pairs and we ask people to pick a, um, a strength that represents their partner and they have to actually share that strength with their partner, but they have to give specific feedback as to where their partner displays this strength at work. So it has to be very specific. And then, of course, the partner returns the, um, you know, the strength. It obviously picks a different strength and does the same thing. And at the end of that activity, uh, I debrief it by saying, well, what was easier to do? Was it easier? Did it feel more comfortable or was it easier to give? the feedback or easier to receive the feedback and what yeah. do you think they all say i bet they all say it's easier to give absolutely it's all in they go give give and i and i say wonderful now if you keep giving and you give and you give and you give what happens you end up feeling empty you end up feeling depleted and you go home exhausted because we need to remember that um, teaching is an emotional vocation. Yeah. It's, uh, yes, it's cognitive. You know, in fact, teachers can make up to 1,500 decisions a day. Yeah. Which is why we suffer mentally. So yeah. I know. So on the weekend, my partner will say, um, what movie do you want to see? And I say, I don't care. Don't I can't like, decide. Oh, yeah. Do you want Chinese or Indian tonight? No, I don't care. Stop asking me questions. <laughs> and I think, oh, no. It, I just can't make any more decisions. But. Um, really uh, coming back to this idea of learning to receive because yeah. um, it's so important. We just, we're not very good at it and we think that it's, uh, it's almost like we have this, uh, this martyr mentality that we can't receive because, well, we're a teacher and we just got to keep going. It's like, no, stop, stop. Receive when someone, when something nice happens or positive feedback or an email from a parent or a student says thank you as they walk out of the classroom, just stop take a breath, receive it, and then carry on. You don't have to have fireworks or anything, but just receive. Exactly. And, and just because it's uncomfortable, just because we're more comfortable giving doesn't mean mm. that the receiving is wrong. And also, I mean, in that example that you gave about that activity, if you only ever want to give, 
and you never want to receive the strengths feedback, then you're actually depriving somebody else of the ability to give. And, and so true. It's so important. As you said, it's, it's got to go both ways. And of course, in the classrooms, the ones that are giving back to us, you know, shouldn't necessarily be the students. That's not the way it should go, but we can give to ourselves. It doesn't have Absolutely. to be the one and way. And I say, you know, as, as educators, we're very good at having eyes in the back of our head, but we actually need to have eyes on top of our head because we need to put ourselves in the picture. We too are a human. We too are somebody who matters. Absolutely. And um, by, by us restoring our own well-being, by us filling our own emotional cup and allowing our mind to rest every now and then, we actually become a better human for not only for our students but for our partners and our families and everybody else because, look, I don't know about you or anybody else, but certainly my family and my partner gets the brunt of me. They don't get the best yeah. of me. They get what's, um, what's that? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's, I have to often catch myself and think, oh, my gosh, you know, I'll pull your head in. But we all do it because we give what's, what's the best of us to our students and really what we want to be able to do is have something left at the end of the day for the ones we love and for ourselves. Yeah, and so totally. that means we've got to fill up to begin with. Mm, exactly. Mm, so I love that and I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, obviously they're interrelated. Those three factors you mentioned, like time, obviously just feeling like there isn't enough time and then feeling overwhelmed but then feeling guilty when you do stop and do something else. They're all linked together. But absolutely, what are the um, when you are working uh, with staff and, and teachers in, in schools in your workshops, what are the three key messages that you share with them? Like what can help our listeners who are listening going, yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me. <laughs> well, look, the biggest message um, that I share, and this is something that I've had to learn myself and I still have to keep myself in check with is manage your energy, not your time. It's not about time management. As soon as we start thinking and using the words prioritize my time, we're putting pressure on ourselves. And the reality is there is no more time in the day. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. We have 24 hours in the day. That's it. So there is no more time. But what happens is, um, let's say for example, I finish work on a Friday afternoon, I come home, um, I'm at home and I start sort of trying to breathe out but I've got, you know, 100 emails to do so I, I, I start doing those. But then on Saturday, I'm, I might be cleaning the house but while I'm cleaning the house and, and pottering in the garden or taking the kids off to sport, I'm thinking about work. And then Saturday evening, I'm out with friends um, at, a, a, you know, a dinner party but I'm still thinking about work. And then on Sunday, I'm doing something else with the family. We're going somewhere, um, but I'm still thinking about work. And then I get to work on Monday and I think to myself, gosh, I just haven't had a break. It's like you, you actually have had a break, but you haven't had a break in your mind. And so learning to switch off our mind from work is absolutely crucial. Learning to manage our energy in relation to that is crucial as well. So it's not time management, it's energy management. Yes, yeah, so it's a shift in the perception around that. Yes, and that's where mindfulness comes in. So some people rather rising, oh, yeah, mindfulness, breathing, this hocus pocus. It's like it's actually about being mindful. Firstly, mindfulness isn't meditation. Mindfulness is actually being present um, where you are without judgment. 
Um, meditation is a, a form of mindfulness, but there's many types of mindfulness. So, for example, if you're, if you're at a barbecue with family and friends, then be at the barbecue with family and friends. Like, really catch that, that, that monkey mind of all the, the, the to-do list that you're running through your mind. Like, try and catch that and just breathe through that process, acknowledge it, watch it pass, and then be at the barbecue. If, you, if you're with yeah. the kids at sport on a Saturday, then be there. Yeah, and it's not about that thoughts of school will never pop into your mind. I think that's, that's the other problem is that people think, well, I can't switch off because I still have thoughts of school on a weekend, or, which people say the same thing about meditation. I can't meditate because I keep having thoughts. That's <laughs> the, the whole point is it's practicing going, oh, I had a thought. No, I'm going to focus on whatever your focus of your meditation is. Or, oh, I was thinking about school. No, come back to the barbecue. What am I noticing? Yes, I'm That's here. Right. I can smell the sausages or I'm having this chat with my friend. <laughs> and you just come back. It's not about never having thoughts. It's about stopping them and refocusing. Yeah, and, you know, thoughts are clouds. You know, they come and go. You don't stop the clouds. They just move and you wait for it to move. Um, you know, I we like don't, that. Yeah, we don't look at a cloud and go, oh, that's a bad cloud. We'll just like, oh, well, it, it'll shift. Um, and that's what we're looking at. Our thoughts are clouds that move and, um, and sway and it's just noticing those. So when you do, and this, and that's what links to guilt as well. Because if I am at the barbecue, then I'm thinking about work and I think, oh, I should be doing this. And, the, and there the should comes out again. And it's really catching that. And it becomes a, um, when we do this often enough, we end up in this really negative cycle. Um, and it becomes a habit. And remember, all change is just tiny habits. And Which is what we stuck. talked about in the last episode. Exactly. You <laughs> exactly. BJ Fogg and his tiny habits. And um, it's just it's small changes. So even if you catch yourself for 30 seconds here, 30 seconds there, it's, it's not about being perfect. It's about observing without judgment, noticing and shifting. I really like that. Yeah. And, and just as you said, not about being perfect. No. No, and this and this links into this um, my next key message, which is about work life balance. So the first one is manage your energy, not your time, and the next one is the myth of work life balance. Like we we think um, often, I'll draw you know two circles, and I'll say in this circle we've got work, and in the next circle um, next to it, which is uh, very separate to it, we have life, and we think that work and life should be completely separate. The only problem with that is wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> you yeah. are the constant in both of those and your head is the constant your mind your thoughts are the constant in both of those and your emotions are the constant in both of those so the reality is quite different and the reality is we have one circle one big circle that's called life and inside that circle is a smaller circle called work and separating the two is the perimeter of the circle of work which is called a boundary now that boundary is we say, oh, well, you know, I've, I've got to do, I've got to do, my boss says and all this. Okay, well, you do, you do what you need to do, but your boundary is you decide when, you decide where, but more importantly, you decide how. And I mean that from an emotional perspective. Like are you going to do it with resentment or are you going to do it with an acknowledgement that it's contributing to a higher good or it's contributing to the purpose and the meaning that you're working towards, which is student learning? So really shifting our perspective around what work-life balance is and prioritising ourselves and recognising the areas that we do have control mm. as opposed to the areas we don't have control. And you know what I love about that image? And I'll, I know you've got some um, 
examples of that. So I'll put them in the show notes. But I really love that idea of, you know, life is this one big circle and work is a smaller circle inside that big circle. And I love that because, you know, you know that my tagline is like you're a person first and a teacher second. That exactly perfectly shows that you are a person outside of the fact that you are a teacher. And if you stop to exist as a person, you will stop to exist as a teacher. You can't separate the two, but one of them has to be more important because it is, it is overall. Um, and outside of the, you know, the, the person is outside of the, the teacher, but the teacher is within the person. Absolutely. And this is where the science of positive psychology and the science of well-being sh- has shown us repeatedly that when we are our best self, um, and we look, there are many um, exercises you can do, best self exercises for you to think about, well, when, when am I my best self at work? What does it look like? What am I doing? What, is, what, was, what does it feel like? And then think about ways that you can replicate that. And so by doing that, we're actually acknowledging the positive emotions we feel. We're recognizing um, and having to, having to consider our, our strengths, our sense of meaning, how we actually want to connect with other people. Are we the person? person who brings light to other people's lives or are we the person that is the dark cloud that brings everybody down because we're so tired and exhausted and grumpy you know so we just and then of course we a big part of being our best self is we then start to notice our achievements and in, in that's where the you know the perma model from Martin Seligman's uh, model of positive psychology gives us some ideas, gives us frameworks, but more importantly, gives us the evidence to support us and help us be our best selves. Yeah, because it's evidence-based. I mean, this is, I mean, it kind of backs up what a lot of maybe the hippie or the religious uh, sort of schools of thought have kind of been saying anyway, but this is actually evidence-based. Yeah, this is science. This is how we know people flourish. Yeah, absolutely. So just, I suppose, the, the three messages that... Um, I would love for people to sort of really consider and think about is how they can manage their energy and their time um, to try and consider the work-life balance myth and what that means to them and what life is and how work sits in that, not the other way around. And then what sort of boundaries can they put in place for themselves in terms of their thinking and their mind? And I would strongly encourage people to play with um, mindfulness apps. There are so many amazing mindfulness apps. My favourite is Calm because um, I, I love the, I can do lots of different types of meditations. I, I do walking meditations. And then one I love is Insight Timer. And that has some of the world's greatest uh, mindfulness experts in the, which, and it's completely free as well. Oh, that's no, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love what you've said too about that all of these are, are habits and, and it's not about being perfect. These, no. are, these are shifts that you make you know, tiny shifts that you make over and over again and you're not going to get it right every time and you're still going to have to make the same shifts again tomorrow because I sort of sometimes think that um, we have a bit of a a skewed and, in fact, I I think the self-help movement has not helped here. We kind of have been set up to think that you do this these changes once you meditate once and life will be perfect <laughs> but that's but ellen that's this is the this is the thing that amuses me we we know very well the the what's required for physical well-being you say to people what do you need to do to improve physical well-being they say we have to exercise 30 minutes a day three times a week um, to improve physical well-being and you say great 
and you eat your vegetables every day, not that one time in the year. Absolutely. But then, <laughs> and then we say, well, what's the rule for improving cognitive well-being? And they go, oh, what, what do you mean? And I say, that's the problem. The problem is that we don't think about that. And what's the rule for improving emotional well-being? And, again, there's no rule for that as well. So if we think about, you know, going to the buying the gym membership and reading the book on fitness isn't the same as actually going. You actually have to <laughs> yeah. go apparently, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so the same thing with mindfulness and, and everything else It's those little habits, those little, little reminders, those, those little actions that, um, you know, add up. Yeah. Yeah. They add up over time, little by little, but if you stuff up or if you're not perfect, you don't beat yourself up for that. You just keep going. You just, okay, I notice it, I acknowledge it, and we get back on track. I hope that this is really uh, encouraging for people also and empowering because you and I, you know, we're speaking the same language here about the fact that teacher well-being is is in teachers' hands. Yes, there are factors that go on at school. Yes, there are tasks that we just have to do sometimes, and it does sometimes certain times of term get, get all, you know, very full on, but we can still make shifts daily in our own mm. lives and in our own brains to help. Absolutely. Look, and on the website, there's a, I've got a free ebook that people are welcome to download, which basically gives people some insights into the five dimensions of well-being. Um, so your cognitive, social, emotional, physical, and spiritual. And it gives people uh, a bit of a, an overview of small steps and small focuses and small actions that they can take um, to support each of those different dimensions. So that uh, is something that I would encourage people to do. And then, of course, on the website. Um, you have lots of resources. Yeah, heaps of resources there. So, it's, you know, www.teacher-wellbeing.com.au. Um, there's heaps of stuff in there. but There is, and it's great. And, mm. I, and I'll put the links in the show notes too. So if you um, are driving or something and, and you can't write that down right now, I'll pop, yeah. pop the actual link so you can click away as well. Yeah, and if people want something more, a book that I've just um, got from the US, which is fantastic, it's called First Aid for Teacher Burnout uh, by Jenny Grant Rankin. And it's fan it's practical, it's easy, it's funny, it's got lots of fabulous tools and resources in there. So I'd highly encourage people to get that for their staff resource library as well. Oh, great. Yes, it's well, that one's on my book list as well. So thanks for sort of giving me a little little reminder to get onto that one. <laughs> yeah, good. Pleasure. Um, well, this has been great, Daniela. Thank you so much. And I know you just said the website, but where else can people connect with you? Because I know you have social media and stuff too. Yeah, so there's at Teach Wellbeing for Instagram and for Facebook and at D Falecki, so D for Daniela and Falecki, so at D Falecki on LinkedIn and Twitter. Great. And I will put those links as well also in the show Wonderful. notes. Yeah. And if people have any questions or find other resources um, that they'd like me to share, please feel free to send them through as well. And yeah, um, yeah if you need, if you want something more specific in terms of information that you need to support the staff at your school, um, just um, send me an email and I'll see what I can do and, and um, forward the information on. Yeah, and if you want your school to have Daniela come and speak, I believe you're available, aren't you? I mean, I know that this year's pretty booked up, but we got 2019 and 2020 I calendars am, to go. I am, my goodness, the, calen the calendar is crazy. But, yes, uh, fully booked for 2018, um, but 2019 the bookings are um, filing in. So, yeah. That's wonderful. Well, great. Thank you so much, Daniela. Pleasure. 
we'll uh, speak to you again soon. Wonderful. Thanks, Ellen. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. If you've enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. I'd love it also if you would leave a rating and review in iTunes and share it with your friends. This really helps the podcast reach more people and together we can spread the message of teacher wellbeing to create thriving school communities. Show notes for this episode can be found at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. You can also find me at facebook.com forward slash selfcareforteachers and on Instagram my handle is at selfcareforteachers. So come along and follow me there. 